there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. All right, Advanced Medicine is on the air right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Links up in the show notes also to Dr. Batar, D-R-B-U-T-T-A-R.com. We had a great time at the Truth About Cancer last week. Uh, and, and Dr. Batar, you've been traveling since then. And I, I see this article here as a lead story for, for us to discuss today. Because its headline reads, Scientists Uncover More Details on How Cells Dispose of Waste. And you you actually had to defend the process of supporting detoxification in patients to a medical board, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, multiple times, Robert. In fact, uh, one of the most interesting comments that I have ever received from a medical board was the president of the medical board during a hearing where the medical board president said, I don't understand, or first she said, what is this GSH? And I said, it's glutathione. And she says, what's the relevance of glutathione? And I said, excuse me? And she says, why are you giving people glutathione? And I couldn't believe it. And I started to explain to her. She goes, no, I know what glutathione is, but what's the relevance of giving it to the body? Besides the fact that it's the most abundant antioxidant found in the entire body, primarily uh, high concentrations in liver tissue, in the liver parenchyma more than anywhere else, but it's found in every single cell of the body. And it is a uh, universal uh, self-hydro group donator. Glutathione is one of the most potent natural forms of not only detoxification, but it's an antibiotic, antiviral, anti-everything. I mean, it's, it's got so many awesome properties. Um, but the one component of glutathione is that it helps to detoxify. Many things detoxify the body, obviously, but your question is general. The medical board literally had no idea about the relevance of the most abundant antioxidant found in the body. They had no reason to, uh, they, they said that there was no reason to administer that. They understood that it was in biochemistry. They remembered it from Krebs cycle, but there was no use for it in clinical medicine, was what their exact words were. No use in clinical medicine. Well, that's why the medical board should only be able to oversee average and regular medicine, but not advanced medicine, because they have no clue. Well, that's exactly what I told them. I said that when, you know, the whole comment came back, it was an exchange was, well, they said I hadn't, I wasn't practicing the standard of care, and I said I'd never done anything standard in my life, and I wasn't about to start now. <laughs> so I will continue to practice above the standard of care and uh, hope, that, hope that they would catch up. Right. They didn't like that, by the way. My no, not at all. Too much of his chagrin, you know, slammed his own forehead into his hand like, oh, my God, what are you doing? But anyway. <laughs> well, this is coming out one, of... Uh, Vienna, Austria, I believe this is, yes, coming out of the University of Vienna, and they're just, they're talking about, you know, if you think about the advancements in medicine, you know, even if it's not advanced medicine, if we just talk about scientific inquiry, you think that they know everything about everything by now, not even close, because these researchers have just now detailed how cells dispose of waste products, just now. And this was published in the journal Molecular Cell, and it builds on previous scholarship by someone named Yoshinori Oshumi. Oshumi. He identified autophagy 
A-U-T-O-P-H-A-G-Y, as the process by which cells rid themselves of viruses, bacteria, and damaged material. And they're using something called a protein, a key protein is called ATG1. I'm not familiar with that. Um, ATG1, I'm not familiar with that. But so, the process it, it, of- it, you know, I'm just saying it might be some, some other pathway that they've not identified yet. But once again, I think the, 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 the brilliance of identifying things through science, which we appreciate, is one thing. But then when they go down to the end, they go, well, you know what this, this, this work gives us insight into doing? And I don't want to do a pop quiz with you. You just got off a plane, but I will if you want to because you probably figure this out. Go ahead. They're going to use this information to figure out how they can develop drugs to help <laughs> cell detoxify. I'm like, slap your head. Slap your forehead. This is a face plant. Robert, I'm, I, I missed that last part. Can you repeat that? Because I'm having a hard time hearing you. Go ahead and say that again. Yeah, the, the work that they're saying is so exciting that they found this new pathway. It's going to give them insight into developing medications that target it, that target this process. You know, what's amazing is that they don't fundamentally get the, the most crucial component here is that we got to get out of the way. The problem is it's already too much crud in the system, and now they're going to put in more crud into the system to supposedly detoxify the body, whereas that's the whole problem. We've got too much crud in the way, and if you could just get the crud out of the way, then the body would start working. This is one of the things that I have said for many years when, when people have given me any kind of accolade. I'm nothing more than a glorified trash man. That's what we all are at dealers. We're glorified trash men because our goal should be to get rid of the trash out of the body. And then... That doesn't solve all the problems, which a lot of times, many of the symptoms are really alleviated. Then we start doing the things with giving the body proper nutrition and, and giving the body what it needs from a health perspective. I have long said that even though nutrition is a crucial part, and you know that's the first step in my uh, nine-step program, in actuality, the more important part is to just get rid of the garbage. Because if you think about it, if you're properly detoxifying, you're not going to put garbage in your body in the first place. Because your nutrition will be optimal. Well, and also, yeah, no, Dr. Batar is exactly right, but also it acknowledges something that is a wisdom far beyond the minds of medical men, and that is that the body knows exactly what to do if it's not overwhelmed with garbage that is not being removed. That's exactly right, Robert. That is exactly right. So the process of pathology, and you can apply this to any type of pathology, but especially... When it comes to cancer, this is the same component. When it comes down to pathology, it is either, one, an issue of toxicity at that very specific point where the first cell that goes into the uncontrolled cellular proliferative state with the suppression of apoptosis and all the other characters of the cancer, it's either, one, uh, acute toxicity at that very spot, or it's a severe malnutritional state, a mineral or vitamin depletion or to, uh, to an extreme state. And usually it's a combination of both. But if you can alleviate either one of those two conditions, then chronic disease is virtually impossible. Now you get into the true genetic things, and those are so rare. They're so, yeah. so rare. You might, you might be dealing with what? 2% of actual disease that's maybe actually related to uh, genetics and all the rest. I mean, the genetic expression... Sure. 
uh, genetic predisposition is one thing, but we're talking about actual genetics, maybe 1%. Yeah, that's probably well. And, and and what is it that activates those those genetic, uh, let's say, abnormalities, if you want to call them environmental triggers? Exactly, and that could have happened before you got here, right? Because we talk about things being passed on. Hahnemann talked about miasms and things, but exactly. it's always the environment that triggers it. And uh, you know, if I look at my mentor in homeopathy, we did this drainage principle, drainage principle, and you know, his point was, why are you targeting? the symptom of someone who is chronically ill due to toxicity and deficiency because that symptom is hiding a symptom, which is hiding a symptom, which is hiding a symptom. And he said, you know what? As he did with me, we're going to start with your liver. We're going to detoxify your body and your cells, and then we're going to know if there's something really going on that also needs to be addressed. And that's exactly what happens time and time again. And many times people have been given diagnosis by allopathic medical doctors. You come in, you help their liver to detoxify, and lo and behold, that diagnosis disappears. And we may find something else that's really the issue that was hidden by hundreds of other things. Exactly. And this is one of the things that when you look at treatment modalities such as homeopathy or some of the other uh, traditional medications, uh, traditional routes of healing people, the one inherent principle in these uh, therapeutic modalities is do no harm. Even though um, in medicine, that's what the oath is, do no harm. We do so much harm based upon the side effects of many of these therapies that we give people, many of these pharmaceuticals. But homeopathy or some of the native traditional um, herbals or therapeutics that are out there, if you notice in nutritional medicine, in the natural modalities of treatment, there is no uh, adverse event by doing too much because the body just eliminates what it is because it sees it as excess, but it doesn't cause an inhibition or a block in the pathway. It doesn't prevent the natural pathways of the body to occur. And you got to remember that there's over 100,000 reactions per cell, per second per cell in the body. <laughs> it, yeah, when people would tell me too, because they're, they're, and I've talked about this, there's dogma that gets in the way in every healing modality from allopathic to homeopathic. And there are homeopaths, and God bless you, I love you homeopaths, I'm one of you, uh, who will say, don't use anything but one remedy at a time, because it's too much. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Do you know how many things happen in the body simultaneously at every second in every system, and you're telling me one more energy signal is going to be too much? Now, I don't care if you get well with one remedy or a hundred. Personally, I don't. I, I'm not that dogmatic about. It. I'm very pragmatic, and if you can get somebody well with one, I'm happy. But it's not happening simply because people are so darn toxic and so darn deficient, just like you said, Doctor Batar. And in today's society, that level of toxicity is increasing at an exponential rate. Even though there's more awareness in the general public, and more people are becoming um, keenly, acutely aware of these situations and improving the diet and there's a, more of a push for people uh, relying on themselves and getting organic produce, et cetera, et cetera, there is still a level of toxicity that is exponentially exploding on this planet. And sometimes, even though with our best intentions, thinking that we know we're, we're doing the best things, you can't control the air you're breathing, for example. And so that you still see a lot of exposure going on, and that's one reason that these principles that we've just discussed, uh, especially the, the idea of detoxification and how to help your body detoxify. You know, we talked about this. At the conference, too, one of the most effective ways of increasing uh, your detoxification is to increase your metabolism, increase your metabolism by exercise. I mean, it's just a simple thing. You perspire, uh, you know, sweating. The skin is the largest toxication organ of the body. But we should focus 
in on understanding the philosophy. When I say we, meaning as physicians in the medical profession, we should start focusing in on the principles of detoxification and understand that the first and fundamental thing we want to detoxify the body from are drugs. Yep. Perfect. Well, we're going to keep doing that. Advanced Medicine is here. Dr. Rasha Bittar, if you miss the show, of course, archived all over the World Wide Web, including right here at GCN, our home in syndication. But MedicalRewind.com, easy place to go. MedicalRewind.com, hundreds of hours of Dr. Bittar and I doing advanced medicine on the air, sometimes taking your calls, too. 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. Hey, autoimmune diseases like type 1, there's... um, Well, maybe there's two or three or four other things that happen simultaneously. You're listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. All right, check out the show notes, upcoming events, as well as uh, information that we're linking to, drbatar.com, as well as medicalrewind.com, if you ever miss a show with uh, Dr. Batar and I. Uh, we have another article here about autoimmune diseases, and, and you'll like this one, Dr. Batar, because it comes from your alma, alma mater, Washington University in St. Louis. Uh, a Dr. Jing Hughes, I don't know if you ever met Dr. Jing Hughes, but he's no. surprised because they found that type 1 diabetes often comes with other autoimmune diseases so robert this is a question that when you start thinking about it right the autoimmunity aspect when they talk about type 1 diabetes it's now relatively widely recognized that there is a uh almost like a self-destruction of the uh beta uh, beta islet cells of the pancreas but here's the thing what caused that reaction to actually occur. And the, when they call it autoimmunity, they say the body turns on itself. That's what autoimmunity means, right? It's, it's an uh, immune response to your own body. That's why they call it autoimmunity. But here's what's kind of interesting if you think about it. You and I and those that understand how the body works, those that understand how physiology works, we, we know that when there's a response, in the body that elicits a certain type of reaction, and then you take that reaction, you take the symptoms of that reaction, and then you compartmentalize it into a diagnosis, that that is where we uh, create this um, misalignment in our own thought process because we're categorizing a symptomology into a certain box that we label as a disease. Where in medicine did we go wrong when we started doing this? I mean, the whole component, autoimmune, if you have your immune system turning on you, then why would it not turn on multiple areas? Because it's going to cause different symptomology in different people, but same right. actual issue. And in actuality, if you look at the, in diabetes, the same thing is with asthma. It's actually, we have found mercury to be a very, very prevalent issue with patients that are diabetic as well as patients that are asthmatic. It's the, same, uh, the, aller- the allergic responses that they have. All the same type of, you know, it's kind of like the autism spectrum disorder. There's different levels of it. So an extreme case will end up having diabetes, but some people that may not have as extreme of of the mercury burden that's caused the self-regulatory autoimmune cascade to uh, be initiated, they may see it only with with asthma, and some Mm -hmm. people with even a less intense response may just see it in 
food allergies or just seasonal allergies, whatever the case is. Now, it's obviously more than mercury, but mercury seems to be a common denominator in all people that seem to have these autoimmune conditions. And it's not just those conditions. We're talking about scleroderma, myasthenia gravis, multiple sclerosis, et cetera, et cetera. Well, well we got Hashimoto's, thyroid disease, exactly. very common. Exactly. They even talk celiac now is a big one. So there's a lot going on, and, and you're right. It's a systemic issue, even if it impacts one area or one gland or one organ more than any other. And I was going to add to the mix because, obviously, mercury, one of the biggest sources, has been over the uh, last generation or two, uh, the injections, the vaccines. Uh, we think about antigens. We think about adjuvants. What are the adjuvants for, along with the antigens, to aggravate, to irritate the immune system, to cause it to react? Would it be possible that it hyperreacts as these toxic poisons injected into you go into areas that alter the cells of self into something that looks or appears to be non-self to the immune cells. That's exactly what's happening because the body is doing what it was designed to do. It sees something foreign and it starts to respond. That's one reason in the three foundations of health, which I talk about not only in the book, but we discussed at the conference, the second of those three foundations is immune modulation. Notice it doesn't talk about immune stimulation or immune suppression because in certain things, such as uh, MS or some of the things we're talking about right now, uh, uh, storoderma, et cetera, there's a hyperimmune response. When you look at things like diabetes or cancer, there's a hypoimmune response. There's a, there's a response that's the opposite. The point is that whether you have an re- immune response that triggers that's intense or immune uh, response that's not sufficient because the immune system is so damaged, Either way, you have to modulate the immune system. And how do you best modulate the immune system? There's certain things that we do in clinical medicine uh, to help modulate the immune system. But the most important thing is to get the muck out of the way, to get the garbage out of the way, to detoxify the body and allow it to not have that burden of toxicity so that it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to respond in that hyper or hypoimmune response. Notice the theme here, folks. Cleanse the body. Take the garbage out. The best, most important member of any community is the garbage man, garbage woman, garbage person. And that is in your body, the liver, the kidneys, the limb, you know, everything. It's all of that. And stop putting the garbage in or at least reduce that garbage burden as well. We got lots more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rashid Bittar. Got a question of the day coming up on schizophrenia. That's not something we talk a lot about. See what we can do with that and more after this break. Links are up in the show notes. Go there now. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world to the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. That's got to be one of my favorite rejoiners, Super Don. Anytime you can do a little Van Halen in there, rock it in, that's good. Rocking the health world with Dr. Rashid Bittar. Advanced medicine happening right now. RobertScottBell.com. Take it also to remember, MedicalRewind.com, because if you hear this show, you'll be like, dude, what have I been missing? There's so much more, right? I was just talking about detox, drainage, liver, kidneys, uh, lymph. I mean, there's so much more to it than that, Dr. Batar, but, uh, you know, round it out for us. Well, you know this as well as I do, Robert, um, and I'm sure because we're running up on the time on the break. But, you know, you specifically mentioned the liver and the kidneys and the lymph. So the liver and the kidneys, obviously, we know they're like the oil filters, the liver especially like the oil filters of the body. But the primary organ of detoxification in my world is actually the gastrointestinal system. And then um, from scientific basis, they say that the skin is the largest organ of detoxification. So if you look at the, those four, the skin, the gut, liver, and kidneys, and in fact, this comes right back to our head map, Advanced Health Evaluation and Assessment for Detoxification 
MAP stands for Medical Assessment Program. This is what um, I've built my entire practice around over the last 20 years now, is to focus in those areas of the body to figure out what's going on with those areas of the body and help to optimize those areas of the body. And then a lot of the issues with toxicity start to dissipate. They don't, they're not as significant anymore. And then, of course, we deal with the seven toxicities. We start to, you know, we've got the, the first layer, which is dealing with the organs of detoxification. Second layer is then dealing with the toxicities themselves. And sometimes it's a synonymous type of thing. So I just wanted to make sure that the listeners kind of got that. I and mean, if you think about gut, uh, when you talk about the second aspect of healing, which is nutrition, everybody talks a lot about nutrition, not as many people talk about the toxicity aspect. But if you are effectively detoxifying the gut, by definition, you can't give toxic substances in your food because that's how you get toxicity in the gut by all the crap that we end up eating. So, by the way, is, is crap a bad word that whenever I keep on saying it, is that a bleeping word? Because I don't know. What no, no, word. that's one of the few words that you say that you can't bleep. You don't need to bleep. You're, you're okay, right? Okay, right, perfect. Super Don? He can say crap. Uh, let me check. Yes, you can say crap. Yes. Okay. All right, Actually, that was close I just one. said crap, so I guess you can too. <laughs> that was a close one, Dr. Batari. Thanks for that checking. Was a close one. I've already said it like 42 times. I, I love the it show. the way he checks with us while we're on the air. Can I say this? Right, exactly. On the air. Okay. <laughs> I, would have hated, I would have hated to have experienced him saying, nope, you can't say crap on the air. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that would have been a little too late. But, yes, I am tired, but not that tired. I'm recovering. Anyway, so, yes, no, very important. The gut thing is so... The gut thing is, you know, we take care of the gut partially when we're dealing with nutrition because we're putting in good things into, the, into our systems. That's the whole purpose of nutrition is to optimize your nutrition and take in good things that will help to nourish our bodies. But if you're going to take things into your body that are going to nourish the cells in your system, then obviously they are not going to be toxic. That's what the whole purpose of nutrition is, proper nutrition. So gut detoxification is partially by eating the right things, but also helping to eliminate, meaning that the normal Western individual in the Western society goes to the bathroom once a day, if they're lucky. Sometimes they go once every other day, and they think that's normal because that's how they've always been. That is not normal. Elimination is key. You have to eliminate. So uh, kidneys, liver, gut, uh, skin, and then lymphatics. Those are, And, of course, there's other organs of detoxification. When you breathe, for example, lungs are a very effective uh, organ system for detoxification, and there's many others, but the primary ones are lung, I'm sorry, sorry, uh, gut, liver, kidneys, and skin. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, and, and as we move into our question of the day, this will definitely play a role here, very vital role, uh, because this one's coming from Liana, and she says, uh, uh, my brother, 30 years old, suffers from schizophrenia. His disease started about 10 years ago. He's been through several unsuccessful treatments, and doctors over the past years had hospitalized him several times. For the last two years, he's under a different medication and stabilized, as she says. He's currently taking uh, Lepinex. We're not going to get into the specifics of what he's taking because we can't treat him on the air, but we can talk in terms of general principles. But she's concerned, Dr. Batar, she's concerned about all these medications, terrible side effects on his body in the long run, and they're saying, oh, you have to be on them your whole life. So perspective, anytime a doctor says you have to be on three drugs for your schizophrenia for the rest of your life, I mean, wouldn't it be wise to seek out maybe a different doctor? Well, my, um, yes, the, the short answer is yes, and we could just move on from here, but yeah. <laughs> um, actually any disease process or any pathology or any ailment or any discomfort, and if the doctor says that you should be on some drugs, not even three drugs, one drug for the rest of your life, 
it is not appropriate. Just remember that any drug, I know much the chagrin of the FDA that we know that listens to us, they're not going to like me saying this, but regardless of what doctor is saying what about which drug or what pathology, remember that your body was not born with a shortage of that drug that they're prescribing. It doesn't work that way. If, if your body needed it, you would have been born with it. But, you know, when somebody gets put on a beta blocker, does that mean that they're now running short of beta blocker in their body and that's why they need beta blocker? We have to understand how the body works. And, Robert, you probably noticed this. Um, you've known me for a long time, so you know that I've always talked about how important physiology is and not violating the negative inhibitory feedback loops that the creator designed for our systems. And, right. And understanding physiology is a key thing. And Dr. Roby Mitchell, who's, by the way, on his way here right now from Texas, that he mentioned the same thing, he even mentioned the same textbook, Dyson's Textbook of Physiology. I also like the Lang series of physiology, but um, you noticed how, uh, did you notice how he talked about physiology? And mm-hmm. that's one reason I hit it off with him so quickly, because very few people talk about physiology. You talk about how the body works, I talk about how the body works. Uh, you know, probably half a dozen doctors I've met in my life actually talk about how the body works. Now, that is really sad if you think about it, because how the body works is the most important component yeah, for somebody hello. Who's dealing with the body, right? How do they skip over that in med school? I'm not sure. But, yeah, Dr. Fit is awesome. you got to say hello for me. I just so enjoyed seeing him again. I hadn't seen uh, uh, Roby in a while, and I was so glad you guys were so well connected, too. Yeah, we really did hit it off. And we met... Uh, on the phone about a year and a half ago, but we hadn't actually met physically. What's interesting, though, is that if you think about it from a very logical perspective, if you're going to have a mechanic deal with your car, wouldn't you want a mechanic that already knows how the car should be functioning? Because that's what physiology is, how it's supposed to be functioning. You wouldn't want to have an expert in the, that's going to deal with your car that only deals with parts. Because parts, a new part, in the wrong place isn't going to make the car work if it's not working, right? Right. Well, so, they may not even know how other systems interact necessarily. I mean, it, it, everything has a ripple effect. Like I said, if you're a doctor of the uh, you know the pancreas, you might be good at knowing what the pancreas does, but how does it fit in with everything else? Or a podiatrist who works with the foot or the toe, whatever. It's like everything's connected to everything. That was the point of our autoimmune discussion as well, when they think, oh, it's just the, just the pancreas with type 1 diabetes. It's like, no, if there's an autoimmune attack in the body, it's systemic, but one area has been hammered more than another. That's exactly right, Robert. And it, it is something that people end up forgetting how everything is interconnected. Every aspect of the body is intertwined. And I think that's been another problem with modern medicine is that we've become so focused into one area, especially that we forget about the implications of those, uh, of what we do. One part is going to have an effect on the other part. And that's where pharmacology then creates all these side effects. And then you go to one doctor for this problem and then uh, they give you, put you on a drug, and now you have to go to another doctor because you have this other problem. But the other problem is caused by the side effect from the first doctor's medication and it just becomes a vicious loop yeah yeah and back to the schizophrenia question of course we see heavy metals play a huge role on brain and neurological function we're not going to say that there's never an emotional abuse issue or other kinds of things that occurred earlier in life but a lot of times it can be a heavy metal burden on the brain nervous system that creates these so-called psychological and emotional disorders absolutely that's that's uh in fact the first place that i look when i have anybody with a neurological psychological issue, and the reason I'm saying neurological and psychological, because usually um, the psychiatric conditions 
are not condition are not considered to be physiological. They say that it's it's a imbalance of the mind, so they actually have a different uh, category. Um, of, in fact, autism is categorized as a mental disorder. It's not categorized as a physiological disorder, but schizophrenia and bipolar and all these things, they all have a physical component. In fact, that is the primary issue. It's the physical component that then causes the the mental health aspect to, to become imbalanced. So, and then, they, and then they mess with the brain chemistry in ways that they have no earthly idea what, what would be a normal level of balance, you know, with these SSRIs, for instance. It's just a mess. Exactly, exactly. They're, it's already a mess. That's why they've got the problem. And then they go in trying to put them on these medications to manipulate that mess, and it makes it even a bigger mess. That's exactly what it is. So you've got two fundamental components that are going on when somebody has any type of um, mental health issue. You've got a neurotransmitter issue, whatever it may be. It may be insufficient. It may be too high. It may be uh, imbalanced. And, 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 and we get back to the gut with that one because now they acknowledge the, the role of the microbiome in producing adequate neurotransmitters for the brain. Exactly. In fact, the mesenteric plexus is considered to be the second brain of the body because a lot of the uh, neuro and the neuroendocrine uh, hormones uh, and a lot of the neurotransmitters are produced within the the mesenteric plexus. A secretin was one of those. There's many of them, and and mm-hmm. that takes us to the second component. So you've got the neurotransmitters you want, and then you've got the neuroreceptors. And so the receptors are either inhibited, they're blocked, they're they're deficient, they're you know been traumatized, whatever the case is. And so you create this imbalance. And now when you come in, when when you have the doctor that prescribes some type of a drug for that imbalance, what you're doing is further imbalancing an imbalanced mm-hmm. situation. You cannot give a drug and expect it to balance out the new chemistry. It is absolutely insane to do that. The yeah. first thing that I do with any patient that comes to me with any type of issue like this, in fact, with any disease process, but especially with um, the psychiatric issues, and I don't see that many of those patients, but I've seen probably, probably about 50, 60 patients in my 20-plus years of practicing medicine where the parents or where the patient's family members say that they don't want to do any, you know, they've had him on the drugs. In fact, one of those was a doctor that came to me himself, but I'll, I'll go into that later. But the point is that every one of these people, my first goal, in fact, same thing with seizure, uh, people that are on seizure medication for seizures, my goal, first and foremost, is to get them off those drugs because there is no way you can establish normal neurochemistry when they're already on a drug. There's, it's it's yeah. impossible. You got to heal that gut. And, and by the way, you know, when you look at it that way, how much they mess up an already messed up situation, that's why one of the reasons why I call it a medical degree, because they're not using the sense God gave them at that point. They may have some level of intelligence or ability to learn and pass things in medical school, but you come out with that degree and you're not using your sense. Don't don't abandon common sense. Doctors, please do some advanced medicine with Dr. Rasha Vitar. Why don't you? We got a part two on the question from Leanna related to immunostimulation. No, we'll say immunomodulation for kids, too. So stick around. Lots more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Bittar. Back after this. The revolution will be broadcast. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Scott Bell Show. Each week we go 
to Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar. Great time we have together. And again, hundreds, hundreds, maybe thousand hours now. I know it's a lot, a lot of great archives. Uh, if you ever miss a show, you can go back and download them. That's the good news. And Dr. Bittar, we were just talking about the schizophrenic issue. Uh, Leanna was asking about her brother, I believe. And, uh, you know, there's always more to go. And, I, you know, I hesitate to say how far we should go. But I know if there's more to say, we got to say it. Well, I totally agree with you, Robert. Bottom line, I just wanted to say was that heavy metals, that's another thing that you got to deal with. you got to deal with all the toxicity. So we talked about the imbalance. Why was there an imbalance? Obviously, you have to rebalance the system. So there's a nutritional component here, the, the essential fats and such. But you also have to look at the toxicity. It comes back to the same thing we talked about before, detoxification and the nutrition. So detox the body. There's no um, neurological condition that does not have some type of heavy metal and or persistent organic pollutant component within it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So whether it be IV chelation, we talked about that with Dr. Batar many times over the years, or other you know forms of detox support. I mean, you've just got to get the the, the burden, reduce the burden, and uh, watch the body heal itself. Again, there may genuinely be emotional, or they might call them psychiatric issues, but you know that used to be when psychiatry was fairly benign. It was talk therapy. It was like let's talk about what's on your mind, what's weighing heavy on you, and that's a legitimate way to heal a mental and emotional issue. But to do so without removing mercury from the brain? I, I, you know, how much talking can you do? Can you talk the mercury out of your brain? Yeah, and that's the whole thing, that sometimes people don't even realize that they have this issue and, and the doctors haven't brought it to their attention because the doctors don't recognize it. And so people go along um, getting these put on these drugs and they end up having all these problems. And it was a simple thing as just getting a certain type of, you know, toxin out of your body. I mean, these these root canals and, and the outgassing from the amalgams, it's just amazing how much, five to nine nanograms per deciliter per tooth per day is outgassing and it's getting inside your body. Yep. So if you have, if you have a, an allergenicity on top of the normal oxidative damage that, this, it, that um, the heavy metals cause, uh, you, you're screwed before you even got going. Exactly. It's, it's, it's All right, well, let's... Situation. Let's go on to the kids portion of this question from Liana. She says she has kids. They moved from France to the USA one year ago. Uh, our question was why? <laughs> uh, we asked that on the on the break, but uh, not that we don't like the USA, but it's kind of crazy here right now. In France, the food is a little bit better. Uh, but she's a big fan of homeopathy and natural medicine. Her two-year-old had four ear infections last year. The pediatrician said, keep, keep taking antibiotics. But it's good for her because she said she read a lot and she didn't do it. She didn't give antibiotics. So she's asking about what to use for immunostimulants for children. And I think this goes back to what you said earlier in the hour. We don't hyperstimulate immunity, even though we're not concerned necessarily that immune system uh, is autoimmune in a child that's otherwise healthy. But if you modulate immunity, the immune system knows what to do. You support it. Or you can reduce some of the burden. And so, you know, I've talked about it. You've utilized it in practice, too. We use the silver hydrosol. You can put it in the ear canal. You can give it orally for modulating immunity and reducing microbial burden. Uh, she's asking about multivitamins. Eh, you know, I, I see the three deficiencies consistently, and I've given my kids supplements, whole food supplementation, very simple. Um, selenium, to me, is a very important trace element. You don't have to give a lot. Micrograms, it can do what it takes grams of vitamin C to come near doing. So efficiency is good. And, yes, homeopathy for earaches, for eye infections, for headaches, all of these things. Homeopathy has been my mainstay along with silver and, of course, probiotics. Yeah, I would add to that, Robert, besides those two things, um, I am a firm believer that mineral deficiencies or mineral imbalances are probably among one of the most uh, significant causes 
of symptomology in people. And so to, you know, even, even simple things such as uh, ankle sprains and back aches and stuff, yes. minerals, the depletion of minerals is usually a major component of that. And so yeah. I would just add, as you said, Sonia, but I would add to that, you know, all looking at all the minerals and seeing how the body's balancing out those minerals. Um, Agreed. And you got to also remember that the vector that you're looking at, whether you're looking at hair, urine, fecal, RBC, you know, toenail clipping levels, whatever they are, each vector is different and indicates different things. So when I look at stored levels, I'm going to look at uh, urine post challenge versus if I'm looking at hair, I know that that's showing me really what the body's total stores are. Um, or I'm sorry, the body's ability to, to remove those minerals or wasting those minerals. So there's many different ways of interpreting these things, too, but yep. minerals are a key, too. And, Liana, read the book, the international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away by Dr. Rasha Bittar. And the book I wrote with Ty Bollinger is also an awesome primer. It's called Unlock the Power to Heal. And we go into a lot of the basics, right? We're going to give the simple steps to bring the power to heal back where it belongs to you, Liana, and your husband, your kids, all of y'all. So, uh, Dr. Bittar, thank you so much, my friend. Another great advanced medicine episode. It really is always so great, Robert. I think every time I've been doing the six years, yep. more and more That's And the power to heal is definitely yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.